Hey, everybody. Code Pen Radio number 348. As you might know, if you've been listening to the show, I've been inviting guests who are definitely famous on Code Pen and usually much more famous elsewhere because Code Pen is just a little place in the world. But uh, uh, and sharing about their kind of the creative process and just anything that they have to say. And I think I have probably the the, the, the top person, at least that's who I think of, like, who's the most creative person on CodePen, especially from a prolific point of view? There's no doubt about it. It's Jay, although I didn't even ask you if that's how you say it. I mean, it looks like it's pronounced Jay. Is it just Jay, like Homer J. Simpson? Uh, yeah, um, uh, thank- <laughs> I should have said that really before we came on. Yeah, but thanks for having me on. And uh, I thought you were going to introduce somebody else there. That was quite the intro. Oh, so, <laughs> yeah. And I have I'll, with I'll me. I'll take that all day. Louis <laughs> yeah, Lewis <laughs> uh, Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. No, of course it's you, Jay. You are uh, an incredible creative. If you, if you, if you haven't seen him, J H E Y. That hence my 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 dumb intro there because it is an unusual spelling, <laughs> but it works out in your favor. You can just you can just Google J H E Y and you come right up, man. Not a lot of people have a Googleable first name. Yeah, it wasn't intentional, but yeah, it's worked out pretty well. <laughs> Crushing it, heck yeah! Very findable. <laughs> on the internet you'll get right to j.dev which is uh your personal website that has all kinds of stuff that you do in the world links you to all of the places uh including code pen which is great but uh but yeah not to not to like hold you to this necessarily everybody has like ups and downs and like how how much time they have to dedicate to something like dorking around making cool pens but once in a while you're on a tear man and there's like one every day and what's so unique about you is there's always mega creativity to it and whimsy and some kind of aspect of fun but you also never quite know what the style is going to be like it could be 3d it could be totally not 3d it could be you know like the the things that you reach for are very different each time which is in in a way like to me it seems like harder seems like that you know if if all you ever do is reach for the same technologies over and over you just kind of get good at flexing those muscles and that's great but if you have it just means that you have lots of different muscles all over your different creative body but i just if you're gonna (laughs) talk what what is it about creative coding that that gets you i mean you've made a life Um, out of it yeah i i have to think like really far back so well not like super far back but i didn't i don't know like i started using code pen like I didn't know about it and I needed something to embed into, I started by writing blogs and then like I started on medium, like ages ago, just writing things that I'd make. And I was like, Oh, I want to know how to make that. I'll make that and then write about it. And I needed some way to embed the code and on medium at the time, it was like, Oh, you can put code pen in. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll just sign up for that. And then, um, I've always been like driven by, um, that's what got you that's so fascinating but yeah go like on like learning how to like I don't know like I like to always challenge myself to things so that's why it's always I don't really niche down I like to try and be able to kind of solve any kind of problem or that is a little unusual it, you know you're like if this thing is too easy then you've lost interest in it in a way yeah which I, I don't like to say because it sounds it's like terrible if no, you're pitching I... to work somewhere right because <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah i need to, but, I need to be um, doing something new every day or i'm out of here <laughs> but yeah. yeah like i i don't know i just i just got into that and then i think one of the first things i made on code pen was like 
at the time there was a lot of those um do you remember like the material buttons where you'd like click on it and it'd bloom out the little circle oh yeah indeed. Like, i was imagining where you, you know you kind of mouse over it and it's highlighted where you're mousing yeah. over it. No, but material design it waited for the click to do it didn't it Woo. and there was a bit about that and then i made yeah. a pen on that and i made a pen of like a bear winking mm. and i thought nothing of it and i was on contract at the time and i went into uh the on-site i was on site at the time and someone said oh i saw your pen on a code pen and i was like what? what What are you on about? <laughs> <laughs> and that was when I found out like pens got picked and there was like a whole community behind it. And I, I didn't actually know about that until, oh. and then I was like, cool, well, I'm just going to keep sharing all the things I make and the inspiration. I mean, is that the origin of the bear was just one, like one of your first pens ever? Just no, it was, to actually, it, it was actually a cat before. <laughs> 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 so the bear is like, I don't know, bears has always been my thing. And then when I had my own company, I needed a, a name for it. And then that, instead of instead of like hiring a designer or someone, I was like, all right, I'm just going to go for this myself and I'll learn SVG and I'll learn mm-hmm. all those sorts of things. And I don't know, the bear just kind of came out of that. Um, and then obviously, I, uh, no one can see this, but I have the cap on at the moment. Um, yeah, so it's a black <laughs> baseball cap with, yeah. the, with the where the 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 adjustable plastic part is is red in the middle. So, so yeah, you're right. I used to always wear like those kind of like Ray Ban style shades. <laughs> That's where the logo kind of came mm-hmm. from. Plus, you're a bearded fella at the moment. Although I realize you're yeah, you're rocking. Yeah, it's a lot smaller at the moment. It was pretty <laughs> big during that lockdown. <laughs> Locking down, growing beards. That's what we do these these days. Apparently. Uh, so, okay. So there's creative coding. You love a different channel. You know, I, you know, I think, I feel like I've seen a sneak peek. Occasionally you share a process. I'm sure you have a, you know, part of the challenge is perhaps a different process each time, but you do the notebook thing, don't you? Like pencil and paper. That's a part of it sometimes. Yeah. So I, yeah, sorry. I kind of just rambled off on that, but yeah, the, the process is like why the demos are so different is there's always like something I want to try or just something different. I want to test. Push, pushing some kind of framework or something in some kind of way or you know i don't know like we were talking about different articles or things or there's always some kind of different css technique or something i feel like oh could i push that or something with javascript my, my back end's like a middleware engineer so all this visual stuff is like was kind of fascinating to me but yeah the notebook thing is definitely mm-hmm. the I don't know where the actual one is. Like, <laughs> no one can see this. At but... home, you have a notebook in your hand. Yeah. But then what does the notebook do? Is it words? Do you say now, like, ooh, don't forget, like, maybe eight squares rotating along a pole <laughs> would be cool. Or do you literally sketch it? Or is there pseudo code in there? It's funny you yeah. say that. So this is a fresh notebook. I'm just going to, I think the other one's to the look. But I'm sure you, so mm-hmm. there was that blockhead demo oh and oh indeed, is, where like, everybody's head was on a block i have no idea yeah, where and it i've came like from. sketched out how the images should translate with properties on there but it tends to be so like all the ideas so this was like last year's one so this is just full of just sketches as i make yeah different stuff well tell me about that then like do you let's say you're at the computer already and you have an idea would you get up walk away sketch it out first or (laughs) or is the notebook only like when you happen to be on the couch or on the 
I should really get a better process for this. <laughs> you don't have to have one. I'm just, I'm curious if the, if, if the, is the notebook vital to an idea? Is it vital? Was it part of every single pen or other creative exercise? So I use Notion. And mm-hmm. so this is like my, my process kind of starts as, because Notion has an app and you can obviously walk around with it. And I don't plan to walk around on it coming up with ideas, but a lot of the time my ideas will come up from, something I see somewhere else because oh. it's hard to be inspired by the same four walls over and over. Right. So, <laughs> so I could be watching a film, I could be out doing something and then I'll write like a few keywords down as like a list item or something in notion. Mm-hmm. And then from there it will become an idea. So like if I go on and I've recently had to order this, but I've got my notion open here. I didn't know about this the other day, but I found like, a I was doing that parallax, um, when I wrote that article for CSS tricks, we did that parallax CSS right. thing. And I mm-hmm. didn't know about the, the dev tool simulator for, um, device orientation, which is oh. really interesting. So you yep. can like rotate a phone and see how it works. And then I was like, Oh, it'd be cool to make like, um, a free JS skateboard. And then you held your phone and you could like tilt it and make it do like tricks with your phone, which would be really cool. So like that is just one random thing I have on here. There's like, yeah. And then you just all start as little keywords. And then when I actually want to make something, I open up the notebook and scribble away as I do it, if I need it. Okay. Okay. It's just, it's kind of how you need it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I get it. It used to be a different way. Well, that's how it works in an ideal way. The reality is that, I actually end up writing things down on random scraps of paper and then <laughs> they eventually get yeah, like... There you go. You got the crazy wall of an envelope with notes. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. No one can see it, but it's just, yeah, it's just a really scribbled on opened envelope with just random things all over it. So this one's got like, uh, there's something about Squid Game on here. Um, <laughs> what the was it? Cursor. Does that one, uh, that one has, some of these have made it their way to bigger ideas and some of them don't? Yeah. So like they all go in and then they go in, I have like a code pen page on my notion. And then I, if ever I'm stuck for an idea, I just go in there and pluck something out, but it never really tends to work like that. I just tend to have way more ideas than I can ever create, which isn't a bad thing, but then as well, it's kind of overwhelming, right? So, <laughs> so you kind of tie those ideas then into what could I do with that to learn something new, if that makes sense as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This episode of CodePen Radio is brought to you by Notion. Learn more and get started for free at Notion.so. You know, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, listen to the last episode where Rachel and I spend the entire episode talking about the many ways in which we use Notion at CodePen. One of them is for planning this very podcast, kind of a minor way. We do so much more big work stuff in Notion. But of course, even as I record this ad spot, I'm looking at a Notion document because, of course, it's... They're so great for documents and keeping organized with stuff like that. You know, with hybrid work becoming the norm, the strongest teams, I like to think we're a strong team at CodePen, have two things in common, speed and alignment. Alignment of everyone who's working there uh, and their attitude and what they're thinking about work. 
both come from having one hub where everyone can share work and processes, manage projects, and collaborate with clarity. That is what Notion does for sure. Not all work collaboration tools are created equal, though some of you, uh, 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 yeah, they're for organizing your company's information, you know, like a little wiki or some home-built tool for that kind of thing. Other ones are, are like just like, I don't know, just like Kanban boards only or to-do lists only and that kind of thing. Notion does all that stuff. It's one tool famous for bringing your whole team together and kind of replacing a bunch of those tools. It just happens naturally. It's not like, I wish I could smash eight tools together into one. It just so happens that when you start using Notion, you're like, you know what, actually, I'm not sure we need that other thing because Notion kind of is doing it for us. It's a beautifully designed tool. Everyone's going to want to use Notion. So you can check it out on your own, invite as many other people as you want to see how it works. Take the first step to an organized, happy team today, again at Notion.so. Ah, it's so interesting. So, you know, like I said, sometimes they're 3D, sometimes they're not. Sometimes they use some, you know, that was interesting that you, you know, discovered this new API and then immediately are like, I could use that. API, you know, I can tilt my phone to make a skateboard or go in that direction or whatever. And then does it, do you feel kind of satisfied once the skateboarder lives? And then you're like, yeah, <laughs> I get it. Next. Um, or is it like, you yeah, know what, now I, I have 15 more ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I've been talking about this today, actually, because it's, it's kind of, it popped into my head today thinking about this and I don't know it's kind of interesting because sometimes demos don't work out how you expect right they <laughs> just don't yeah. and you're like okay well, cool. tell me about that I would like to you know that seems people should uh, uh I don't know they might get a kick out of that it's hard to think of one that comes to mind but I mean is it is it like that they they end up in the junk then because they just didn't work or they or is it more like you started thinking it was going to go one way and it really went another yeah they can do um, one that always springs to mind, um, I don't know why it's a really random one, but I made like a S so I went for a stage of making like SVG buttons, like animated buttons on stream, like most weeks. Um, and one was like, a. it was like, you press the button and then, uh, the incredible Hulk comes out mm -hmm. and then <laughs> as you tap, like he smashes the button. But I had no idea what that was going to look like when I sat down to make it. And then like a couple of hours later, it, wow, it looked completely it, different. It needed to be the Hulk and he needed to smash the button. But you didn't <laughs> yeah. know what it was going to look like. Oh, I had like these little particle bits like breaking off the button. And then there was like the noise of like a, like a cat like screeching and yeah that is a unique J thing I must say is that you often do reach for the sound as well. Which is yeah, you know. I don't know sound. I don't, I don't even know where that came from either because sound a sound just adds like a bit more of a another dimension to things if you can squeeze it in somewhere. It tends to yeah, it does. It 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 ups the game a little bit. I wonder. I wonder how popular it is on CodePen. Like because it's it's possible that some some people don't even notice because I think there's an awful lot of people that just browse on their phone and have that thing flipped off or just otherwise have sound just disabled. They're at work or whatever, you know. It's always a case like if you have something with sound and you feel like the sound really makes it, 
whenever you share it, you're like, please turn yeah, the sound on. Always, you know. <laughs> Explicitly. Yeah. Like, please. <laughs> Listen, I, you know, I coughed into the microphone for half an hour for that sound. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I think you uh, did some work with Mr. Kent Dodds recently, huh? There's some, they have a couple of pens, including a bunch of like process shots, I think, in your in your pens recently that are like, how did you pull this thing off? And is that the kind of, I mean, everybody's got to work, right? I'm sure you do things for money. Is that the kind of work you end up doing I, to pay the bills? I try yeah. to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, yeah, I, well, I, I contract. Um, so my contract's up mid-January, if anyone's listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> throw it out there on this platform. Well, it's a great place heck to do yeah. it. Heck yeah. Hit them up. Where do they want? Where do you want to talk to them? Just go to J. Anywhere you can find me. Yeah. (laughs) But no, I um I tend to do some of this sort of like more whimsical stuff, I guess, as a freelance kind of one-off kind of things. If like people reach out to me, like so Kent reached out to me about that. Um, it's actually for something um different that is on the site, but I'm writing about at the moment, but you have to be uh, logged in. So it's actually canvas audio visualization, which is kind of interesting. Um, was really cool. I think of like the, the typical thing is like the sound, the wave that you see like on SoundCloud or something. Yeah. So he, he initially had something that was like a, like a sound wave kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And he didn't want that. He wanted like a, um, the thing he showed me was Google recorder. So it's like the bars that move across. Okay. The the trick with it was like, so how can I take audio and put map it to canvas in this way that he visually wants it and then make it so you can scrub the canvas animations backwards or forwards and then wow. like they're going to be able to send this. So the the feature of his site is you can like record a call and then he answers you in a podcast or like in a sound clip and then it gets like published. It's quite cool. Oh, I see. It's like a call-in show, but you don't have to you don't have to record your own audio. His web app just does it. Oh, fancy. So yeah, it's pretty neat. But yeah, he wanted the audio viz for it. So like I'll get reached out about random things. So like one was a rocket animation prior to that. Um which we didn't actually put into the site. That was for Epic React. Hmm. Um But yeah, just like I don't know, people reach out with kind of interesting ideas and i'm one of those like i i it never really shot me in the foot but i used to say to people that if you can draw it on paper i can make it <laughs> <laughs> and luckily my imagination <laughs> tends to um tends to go a bit further so i haven't it hasn't shot me yet which is nice <laughs> might be one thing I'd, I'd i'd say is um i've heard from multiple creative people that I, I don't know. I would think, are, at least I, I consider them highly creative, like you are. They they do at some point in their career, whether it's now or earlier in in a in a formative year, was that they said yes maybe too much, or that they 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 were. <laughs> it doesn't have to be cocky or overly confident, but it has a like you know like so much desire that the temptation to say yes was so strong that they just did, and then that turned into motivation to to do it you know yeah, just interesting i could totally see that and i can definitely definitely um recall times where i've been like that. sure yeah i can do the, that um 
I think, yeah, it's, it's probably a bit of a, like a personality thing as well. I, I, before I got into more visual things, um, I've always been really into like solving problems and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, um, you know, I started out working with like Java, which I, which I was terrible at, but, um, <laughs> when I moved into doing like web dev and stuff, I came more from that, uh, background of like making, uh, like working on logic and not so much like the visual stuff. So like I could really sort of geek out on architecting things and making sure everything's like nicely tested and structural and the stuff that you don't really see. Um, but I still really enjoy like that challenge yeah. side of things. Bit of a weird tangent's gone, but especially as we're talking about creative coding, but it doesn't just stem from creative coding for me. And I think then that creative coding side kind of like gives me more fuel to like challenge myself. Yeah. Maybe it's more about problem solving than it is about creative coding and that creative coding is a problem to be solved or it's like a series of them, but there's all kinds of other problems to be solved as well. I that have nothing to do with the coding. Uh, That makes me think about the aspect of like something like streaming, which you do. So you're on, you're on Twitch at JH three Y Y must've been, must've somebody, (laughs) somebody squatted you or something there. And, uh, yeah, But uh, <laughs> that's unique, too. I mean, I don't know what it is about top creators on CodePen, but it's it's common to see somebody be like, oh, then I have a YouTube for this one, too, because the, the desire to then, like, share something about it, process or educate people or just help them is is strong. And to me, that feels like a kind of a different set of problems and that you might just want to do it just because you never have or just because it's some new stuff to figure out how to do like nobody's you know you, nobody just knows how to stream it's just another whole set of things you got to learn yeah that's that's very true actually i i think that kind of like it's it it's kind of ties in again like a, it's kind of like a bit of a personality trait maybe because um to just go back to something you said like a moment ago like yeah the creative coding thing the the good thing is that is there's always problems to solve and your only limit really is your imagination so it's like i come up with some ridiculous idea and then it's like cool well, i'm gonna work out how to use this tech stack to make it or you know i'm gonna try out this package or this library and yeah i'll learn something and then that's kind of feeding that but then as you say like something new that maybe not so coding related it gives you something to go off and kind of like um not obsess over (laughs) but it's it's something new that like you want to learn more about so i did exactly that when um i got approached to do um and i need to get back into it i kind of hope to get back into more of like i haven't done the streaming for a while i haven't done the youtube for a Mm -hmm. while but the thing that started it was um i got approached to do egghead which is like the screencasting right tutorials Um, lessons and things and that's you know thanks to them that's why i have this mic to talk on and things like that and then that got me into oh i don't know much about this and then i have like obviously no one can see this but there's like cameras on arms and things on my desk and that became part of my stream like showing people the process of like hey this is what i'm going to do i'm going to scribble in my notebook and then this becomes this yeah and my streaming process was always not showing like a snippet of what I'm doing. It'd be like, well, this is my entire process, like from having an idea, having a look around on dribble, opening an editor with like 
no code and going from something to a finished code pen. Um, yeah, I mean that's the juicy stuff, and if you can if you can pull that off, I you know people might even watch it just voyeuristically, not even because they necessarily want to emulate exactly what your process is or something. There's just something juicy about just watching people do. Uh, watching a master of their craft do their thing. I mean, there's like entire television networks based around it. You know, you want to watch an amazing chef do their chef. You want to watch Bob Vila build a house. You, you know, all this, you know, watching a master at their craft thing is just something that people love. And I do forever. I mean, I, you know, Twitch is great for, for watching coders, but it's not built for that. It's built for watching people play video games, you know, which is a very similar. It's like, I want to watch somebody who's amazing at playing a video game, play their video game. And lo and behold, it's a billion dollar business, you know, <laughs> which is crazy in itself, but that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, indeed it is. So can we watch you on Egghead or is that, and is that on the way? So they're like audio, well, they're not audio. They're like screencasts. They're like bite-sized videos. Yeah, that's their whole so, thing on Egghead, right? Everybody does that. That's the, they're supposed to be like five minutes or whatever. Yeah, I, re I really enjoy um, learning. So when you um, are brought on, because it's like an invite platform, when you're brought in, they um, you're kind of taught in a cohort like how to do screencasting, which is really interesting because, like, again, it's something completely new really? to me. Really? So there's like... A a chunk of you all learning how to screencast at the same time. And then, yeah. So you come in in like different blocks and they kind of teach you how to be more, um, concise with your content. Huh. So like how to get to the point and show people how to do something without sort of loads of ums and ahs <laughs> and like, Oh, this, you know, <laughs> sure. so the, the golden, Time is something like four to five minutes or something like that. To yeah, that's make a good lesson. That's unique, which is it's really interesting and it's fun, but it's also, um, you know, like a four minute lesson can take a long time to record if you don't do it all the time because you, it's a skill you kind of get better at. Yeah, is it one of those things where it might actually take you longer to shoot the four minute video than it would if they just let you do a thirty minute or? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's like on YouTube. So I started doing like the odd YouTube video as well. And, you know, with them, I can just one cut it and do like 20 minutes and just like make all the mistakes I like and be like, hey, here it is. And it's I guess it's more authentic, but then it's not great if you've got like five minutes and you watch me bumble around for 25 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's tricky because there's I've heard a lot of people over the years that really like that. They they almost it's not like they prefer unpolished but they don't want to see you skip a troubleshooting step. Like if something went wrong mm. and then you used your tools to fix it, well, that might seem like a kind of distraction or like not core to what you're trying to teach. Actually, it is core to what you're trying to teach because literally everybody has literal bugs all day, every day. And figuring <laughs> out how to troubleshoot those are uh, can be extremely, extremely useful, you know, not only what tools you use, but how do you think about it? What, you know, what lines of code do you change? Are you somebody that like comments out chunks of code to find it? Or are you good at using breakpoints or, you know, background red or, you know, there's all kinds of strategies for that, it. That, that's, that's the skill, yeah. right? Like that is the skill. Like, and I think that's, that's kind of why creative coding is such a, a good application. So like people, will say like, oh, why did you bother making that? Like, you're never going to use that on a site. But it's that skill that's transferable. I can't remember. I 
read someone tweeted something somewhere and it was they said all you need is html css and javascript because like all the frameworks pass and go and and it's true like it is kind of true right like you Mm -hmm. once you know how to solve problems and apply yourself to like learning different things you just learn to adapt and go with it right so. Yeah, yeah. There's some of those classic arguments that will never die. That it's funny. It's like it's, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like it's possible to like know that that's true. That like the the web fundamentals and those core technologies are really important, and that you know they that's what you have to debug in the end anyway. So you might as well know them. And when the new framework comes out, it's just going to be some new way of crafting those two. And all that stuff is right. But it doesn't mean that the only way to learn the web is to have to start and stay with those, you know, and that everybody has their own path in. And then I then I step back from that even one more step and be like, it doesn't even matter what the result of this conversation is, because the way that people learn is just the is just whatever. They're just good. You know what I mean? You're just going to you're going to have some project and you're going to use some tech and you're just going to figure it out or you're going to take a class. Or you don't by the time you're having this conversation, you're past the spot where you've already learned that stuff anyway. And the people that are going through it right now aren't listening to you on Twitter because they don't even know who you are yet. Those like it's like the worst. <laughs> it's like the most- it's just crazy how like much stuff moves. So like you, I think. You can easily get just caught up in there's so much. And if you think back across, like, so I've been developing for, I don't know, since I was before React. Like, I remember when React came out okay. and learning that of like 0.1 or whatever and being like, well, this is crazy. <laughs> and now it's like the norm. Right. right. But before that, we had like Backbone, Angular. Sure. Like, everyone was just using straight up just jQuery and writing everything. Like, it's mad how things change. <laughs> yeah truly do you, it does you don't strike me as somebody who cares all that much about the the framework du jour but i don't know do you like do, i don't see a lot of your demos are in react you know yeah i guess that's the interesting one right so a lot of my work is like in that kind of space um i do quite a lot of i guess if i use a framework when i do demos it's probably react because i'll end up doing like freelance work in react but trying mm-hmm. to like pull something into it sure so like a lot of things will be like green sock and react um or like for example uh like canvas stuff but using it in react so i might have a component that's just the entire canvas but it's just encapsulated into one component and they're just dropped in um whoa but yeah like it kind of <laughs> goes back to that people have that perception right like online or Twitter is an interesting one because people's perceptions of what you might be like are sometimes completely distorted, right? <laughs> yeah, it might be. It might be, especially because if the, all you ever see is CodePen, like there's only certain stuff that CodePen even supports that well. I'd even wager to say our React support isn't isn't quite, you know, it's like now that Skypack exists, it's a little more normal, but it's not as, I don't know, it's just not quite the same as how you approach React projects when you're working locally or whatever. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't begrudge anybody for kind of avoiding working at the directly on CodePen just because it's a little weird. So, And that kind of goes back to, so not many people would have known about my creative coding before like the pandemic and things because i didn't really i used to push it out there but not like as much as i did the last year or so i guess but my background was all like the framework land and doing all those kind of things 
So I've picked up creative coding and I've picked up web design and things like that later on instead. So like all the visual stuff to me is like really exciting because it was not something I ever looked at. Oh. You know, I was always looking at like um, the terminal prompt, you know, just compiling my Java code. <laughs> <laughs> 10 years ago or something but no i mean it but i was wrong you know thinking that you're just like i don't know jay doesn't care about frameworks it's not i'm not saying that you do but you are very like in that world and and come from a very diff, like deep programmer stare at the terminal world and that's interesting i don't i don't know that you know your public facing persona would have people know that you know and that's like a big part of what i enjoy actually that side of things um but obviously that's work and then outside of work i'm thinking like what what can i do now what what fun thing can i make or you know yeah what can i do to (laughs) wind down or chill out so like i work on like all these kind of code pen things but yeah i really enjoy doing things like so in my work i would have been like messing around with testing or like storybook or just things like that and i don't know i've i've it's like that it's that problem solving thing again it might yeah, not be like visually probably, aesthetic for people but you know <laughs> i'm quite sure that it helps you you know having some kind of developer chops when then you move into something more visual and this world of creative coding that you're just kind of like less afraid of apis and stuff like yeah whatever it's just computers uh, anyway, we will we'll have to leave it at that for today, Jay. We've, we've reached our, our time. It was a fascinating conversation, and I'd love to do it again sometime. So yeah, it'd be great. As absolutely shot by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, again, Jay Tompkins, J Dev, and thanks again for coming on, man. Take care. Thanks. See you. Eight.